0: This is RV Lifestyle, the podcast, and your host, The Honey Badger, giving it to you straight in the RV business as usual. I want to start out with a big thank you to all the listeners. There are a lot of you, more than I thought. I've done 12 or 13 episodes for season one, and it averaged 400 people listening to it. Highest being 2500, the lowest being 60. Guys, I'm now on Spotify. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Apple. I'm on iHeartRadio. I'm already on YouTube, but I only filmed a few episodes for YouTube. By the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, so sorry about the lighting. The lighting in this hotel are from like the 1990s, and I couldn't bring much with me on this trip. To Indiana, so I'm in Elkhart, Indiana, for the Super Bowl of the factory side of the business. This is when everybody comes out, starts making decisions on what they're going to order. Going to be a big week. Going to be a tiring week. Going to be an exciting week. I'm super excited. I want to recap some things that have occurred over the last couple of weeks. The very first thing I'm going to cover, and this is going to be something that just absolutely is going to hit home: the Fed raised interest rates. This is not a bad thing. I know everybody. Well, I'm not gonna pay eight percent on an RV. Well, let me give you what I had to sell RVs for in 2010 and 11. In 2010, 2011, our standard interest rate in the business was 9.74. It didn't matter what your credit was; you could be an 850 FICO. And it was 9.74. And it didn't stop people from buying. Now, that's what we were quoting people because that was the standard rate. The standard rate right now is still in the sevens. Standard rate still between 7.49 and 7.99. That's the standard rate. Now, if you don't put very much money down... If your credit's not really that good, you're going to be the 8s and 9s and possibly 10s. But, guys, folks, look, you can refinance the RV. I just had this discussion with my mother. My mother, I love her. She's a wonderful woman. She's moving from Lake Elsinore, California to Klamath Falls, Oregon. Forgive me if I botched that city's name if you live in Oregon. She told me that with the money she put down, she's so upset, she's got excellent credit. How is she qualifying for a six and a quarter rate over a 20 year term? And I go, that's the rate. I told her, do you remember when we bought my first house? She goes, no. I said, we bought my first house in 2009 during the economic collapse. My interest rate with decent credit was 7.89 on a 20-year fixed. 7.89, and that was an incredible rate back then. So I said six and a quarter is nothing. And I said to my mother, I said, look, mom, the rates are temporary. The good news is you can afford the payment, and it's not going to break the bank. you gang out of California like you want to. And I said, and you want know the good news is she said, what? The interest rates are not going to stay high forever. They're going to raise them three more times, possibly four. And then, guys, what happens is when this economy finally corrects itself back to what it's supposed to be, not the hyperinflation we've had for the last several years. I said they're going to have to restimulate the economy. And the way they restimulate the economy, they give tax breaks, they give tax incentives, and they lower interest rates. You'll get rates close to back to where they were a couple years ago. And I said, guess what you can do then? She goes, what? You can refinance. Cut the term down. Pay off the house sooner because you can already afford the payment. And she went, oh. I said, so you're going to let that stop you from your dream? You're going to let Joe Biden decide what your dream is? She goes, no. Then just do it. See, I sell my mother like I sell customers. Like, really, you're going to let Trump stop you from being an RVer? (laughs) It's always silly how we let politicians run our lives sometimes. It really is. That's a different topic. So the other thing that makes interest rates interesting is that it also creates a buyer's market. Let me give you another example, guys. So the base interest rate for a Ford truck right now is 7.24. Base rate. That doesn't mean their subventive rate. That's not their advertised rate necessarily. Their base rate for most trucks is 7.24. My brother walked into Ford, and for the first time, it's the first time I've heard this, in two years, in 26 months... My brother said he bought his truck his brand new Ford F250 diesel for below MSRP everybody stands shocked no I'm not going to tell you where he bought it from that's unfair but I'll tell you he bought it in California where everybody was hammering people for 15 18 20 grand over sticker interest rates have created this phenomenon called a buyer's market. If you are a price buyer, it doesn't matter if it's a boat, it doesn't matter if it's an RV it doesn't matter if it's a travel trailer, a toy hauler a it doesn't matter. you're gonna start seeing prices lower now boats and RVs have already done it. they've already slashed their prices they're they're like it's killing the used market. It is. Let me give wingman his credit and his credit due. This big price slash that has occurred over the last four weeks by dealers across the country has caused the used market to go dry up. Ford Ford dealership discounting their brand new F-250 is killing the used market because they overpaid for the used at the auction just to have the inventory and now they're like, oh my God, we're underwater in them. My wife was shocked. She's like, huh, how did he do that? And I go, you know what? They not may not have the inventory, but it's costing the dealership. I want you guys to write this down. It's costing the dealership more money to have the inventory in stock. So interest rates just didn't go up on you. They went up on the dealer too. So now it costs them, so let's say it was costing them 1% in interest to carry a truck. Well shoot, a year worth of interest is probably five, 600 bucks. But now when a year's of interest is four, or five grand, six grand, you're gonna move the inventory faster. That's the point of raising interest rates. The point of raising interest rates at the Fed is not to make our life more difficult but to level out the playing field and level pricing down to where it should be. So this is exciting because that means in the next probably three or four months, I'm going to go buy a truck. Because I'm going to wait till they're a little more desperate. Now, if I was in the market for a motorhome right now, I would not buy a motorhome. I'd buy a travel trailer, a fifth wheel, a toy hauler, a tent trailer, something that's towable motorized is still having issues getting product out to dealers. So the supply and demand problem, and that's a whole different market. I'm not even touching that. But if I was going to buy a travel trailer or a toy hauler, or I was in the market for a towable like a fifth wheel or fifth wheel toy hauler, this is the market to be in right now. So that, that, that's a segue, by the way, into the Portland RV show. If you guys know anything, if you guys follow my YouTube channel, HBRV Lifestyle, you know I was at the Portland show. I have a new dealer in Washington who happened to be at that show because they have a Portland store. They're called Apache Campers. I talked with their ownership group, father-son team. They killed it at that show. Killed it. Guys, I could feel – I talked to the, the son yesterday because we were trying to get paperwork done and everything else. I could feel the big smile. This guy, this family is going through a lot of stuff right now family-wise. I won't get into that because that's their own personal business. So, you, But you could feel the smile through the phone when I asked them, how did the show end for you? I wasn't there for them. I was there to support Curtis. And you could feel this big smile ear to ear, like, we didn't make a lot of money, but we moved a lot of inventory. We are happy. Curtis Trailers. They moved, 8 I think, 80 or 85 trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, etc. in four days. In a September show when everybody's still not done with school and getting their school stuff together and kind of getting life back together, these folks were out in force. Guys, there was an estimated that over 700 coaches were sold at that Portland show. Estimated 704 days that means some of you recognize this is the biggest buyer's market we're going to be in for the next few years because when interest rates go back down and spring comes around that combination of the two or one of the two prices are not going to be this low again dealers are stuffed with inventory they're moving inventory at a radical pace you're probably wondering well wait a minute how are they staying in business that way well, they're staying in business because they made money already. Most of your dealerships are going to make your, the majority of their money from February through July. March, April, May, June are the four biggest months in the RV business, profit-wise. September, October, November are all about moving inventory. It's all about like, dude. Whoo! Okay, so what do we got left? And what do we sell? It's a time of reflection. It's a time of, okay, we need a good move. This, 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 and this. Okay, we're not going to. And then they go to a show like they're coming here. We're doing a show for them here in Elkhart, Indiana, dealers. You know what the cool part about doing that show is, is they come in on a normal year and go, oh, man, we did really good with your product this year. I have like only two left, so I want more of this, more of this, more of this. This year, it's a different atmosphere because there's stuff with inventory. But because you guys – see, here's the thing. And I've been trying to tell every one of you this. If you're listening, if you watch my YouTube channel, if you're a fan of Josh the RV Nerd, if you're a fan of Matt's RV reviews or Matt's Tolba reviews out in Tampa Bay, if you're a fan of Miles RV, he's in Texas, I consider us the big four. Even though I'm this little guy on YouTube, I still have a quarter million views in the last seven weeks. That's more than I've had the entire lifetime of the channel. So obviously, I'm growing. We all have the same things. We just say them in different ways. I slap you with it. I punch you in the face with it. Josh is a little more like, well, I'm a corporate guy now. So I got to kind of be careful about my verbiage. But I'm going to try to stay transparent with light verbiage. He's still cool. He's still my inspiration behind all this. And Josh, if you ever listen to this, don't come beat me up when I come to a Bish's R V, okay? I swear to you, dude, I'm like your biggest fan. <laughs> okay? So when I make fun of you a little bit about it, it's because I understand there's a difference between when it was at R V and what it is now. I understand the difference between mom and pop and oh my god, now I'm part of this big conglomerate. So I, I get it. Don't don't think I've calmed myself down a little bit from what I was a year ago because now I work for coachman. Matt is straightforward, dude. Miles is a straightforward dude. We all have the same message. The message is: this is a huge buyer's market. And guys, if if you share this podcast with anybody that is in the market for an RV, if they tell you, "Oh yeah, we're gonna buy when prices come down more," they need to hear this podcast. They need to hear it from a guy who actually cares not only about the dealer. The manufacturer, but also the consumer. I care about all three because without all three, there's no RV business. And that's a fact. No offense to the wingman. No offense to some of these people who have never sold an RV in their life that try to tell you, oh, let me tell you what the dealer doesn't want you to know. Let me put a big thumbnail out there for clickbait. And in the first 30 seconds, I'm going to do a promotional ad for my sponsor. Now, one day I'll probably be making fun of myself for that comment because maybe one day I'll have sponsors. Right now, I don't. I do all this for free. I do make some ad revenue from the YouTube channel, the main one. Not the podcast one because for some odd reason, I only have three subscribers. It's probably because I just don't put the effort into it like I do. I put more effort on the actual listening devices. Hey, look. At the end of the day, these gurus just need to know their role. Their role is they want to make money. It's all full-timing. That's going to dry up. It's funny how many people dropped and jumped on, oh, I'm going to go full-time and be on YouTube. That was a big, big thing, guys, the last two years. I don't know. Those people are starting to go, those starting people get a little clickbaitish. So I want to cover that real quick. Very small segment of it. Wingman, if you're listening to this, I'm separating you from this. You're not clickbait operative who does a bunch of promotional stuff. Only thing I have to say about you, sir, is stop on dealers that say stupid stuff. Okay? If you want to interview someone, you come interview me. You interview Josh the RV nerd. You interview Matt from Tampa Bay, his RV towables. You interview one of us. You interview Pete Legal. You interview somebody that's not a dealer from some small town America that wants his 15 minutes of fame with you. Come interview guys that actually keep their boots on the ground, keep their pulse on the environment. Okay, That's my only advice to you because you're an amazing dude. You have a great program. You have a good show. And when you don't know something, you generally go and try to find out. So, I appreciate you for that. Really do. But for the rest of you, folks, the well's going to dry up on the sponsorships. If you're a YouTuber and you've never sold an RV in your life, do me one favor stop putting in your titles that. This is something that the dealer doesn't want you to know. And then in 30 seconds, you start doing a, starts doing your spiel for your sponsor. I can give you several guys that do it the right way that aren't in the RV business, but know how to do a sponsorship segue. Those are the guys I'm going to use when one day I have Sponsors. Because I think it's very unfair to the consumer of your, of your video that you spend more time worried about getting your sponsorship perfected than giving proper, correct information. You know what we call that in this business? We call it clickbait. So, folks, stay away from those guys. You want proper information all the way around? Follow Josh the RV nerd. If you don't like me and don't like the way I present things, go find Josh on YouTube. Go find Josh on Instagram. It's Josh the RV nerd at Bish's RV. Go find Matt's RV and towable reviews. Go find Miles RV M Y L E S. He's in Texas. Those guys will give you the absolute bottom line information, just like I do. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Just stop listening to gurus because, first of all, this is a buyer's market. Your trade-in is going to be probably worth less because it's killed the used market a little bit. Hey, you're going to need some cash now. But at the end of the day, you're going to be happy with the price of them. Okay, That's a segue into something else, which is the third part of it. Hershey. Hershey sold more units this year than it did last year. Or the la- I should say the last year it was on. Guys, that's incredible. The final numbers coming out of Hershey were just shocking. So even with high interest rates, people are still coming out to buy because they see the value in the price. Holy crap. You guys are discounting the coach that much? Yeah. So it's good stuff, guys. I mean, everything's good. It's, it's a positive environment right now. It's very positive. It's very enlightening. If you're a dealer right now, you're probably wondering, where, and your dealer is not selling very much, you need to look at what your competitor's pricing is on your units. I talked to a dealer last week. Right after the Portland show. He goes, how much did it suck? And I go, it didn't. I said, Curtis sold probably 80, 85. And I told him the other numbers from the other dealers. And there was just dead silence on the other end of the phone. And the first thing he asked is, what are they doing differently? And I said, do you want me to tell you? Because I said, I don't like to get in your business because I don't want to tell you how to run your dealership. He says, no, you know what? He says, "I know who you are. I know what your background is. Tell me what your opinion is. What's the difference?" And I said, "You are not c- priced competitively. You're one of the few dealers out there that's still trying to hold on to 2021." And I said, "You're going to pay for it next year." I said, "This is where it is." And dealers, just just hear me out on this because if you're a dealer and you're listening to this, this is not to bash you. This is not to tell you how to run your business. This is just facts you are going to worry too much about what's going on now that you're going to forget that you have to run a business next year. So, like, I'm going to have probably 35 or 40 dealers this month or this week place orders with me. And there's going to probably be 10 or 15 that don't. And those 10 to 15 that don't are going to be behind the other 30 or 40 because they're worried about making money on the current inventory. Guys, I'm gonna tell you how I did things. And 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 again, I'm not trying to tell you to run your business. I'll just tell you how I did things at a dealership. So I remember that when it would hit July 30th, July 30th was always my cutoff every year. Not the 31st, July 30th was my cutoff every year. I cut everything off, I reevaluated my inventory, I reevaluated all my orders. And what I would do is any unit that was over 90 days in stock, that was still in stock on July 31st, I slashed the price to where it practically was close to my cost. And I did it for the entire month of August every single year. It was the biggest sale of the year every year. I blasted all over social media. I always got good trades out of it. I think the last year I did it, I ended up with, 19 trades. Imagine that. You have 19 trades you can make money on, whether it's on the wholesale market or whether it's on the retail market. That's incredible, guys. Then what I would do, watch this. This is the best part of the whole thing. On August 31st, when I closed up shop, I would close my doors, raise prices back up, and I'd watch for the first five days of September, everybody go, what? You, you're not going to honor August's price? No. My goal was to clear out inventory in August because I knew that open house and the fall programs were in September. So I used to do this every single year. Now, August was my second worst profitable year of the year but i moved the most in, uh, i moved a lot of inventory usually i moved i think my last august i was on a dealership that carried 95 pieces unstocked stock that were new we were always between 95 and 100 and i sold 37 in august the last august i did it the net profit was minus $5,000 net profit but it cleared out a bunch of old inventory i got a bunch of trades and then what I would do, because September is always dead, especially in Southern California and, and, and North and, and Central California, it's freaking dead because everybody's back in school, Labor Day weekend. It picks back up in all October, but September always sucks. So what I did in September. Well, I took I, I took the 19 trades I took in, I threw them into service, and I tell the techs, okay, guys, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get them to tell me what I need to do to them to get them ready for retail. And I took half of them and I wholesaled them because they just wasn't worth keeping. Now my net profit went from 5000 negative to $2,000 positive. The owner actually pocketed two grand for August because I did that. Then I took the others, got them reconditioned, put them back out on the lot. I actually sold all eight in October. October was my third best profitable month of the year, and it made it easy because we sold 25 units. Eight of them were used. November, we sold another 20. December, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. RV dealers stink it up in December all the time. December was always the time for me to get ready for 2023. So, guys, what I'm telling you is you kind of missed the boat. If you're a dealer, you missed the boat on August. Fine. Move on. This is an incredible month of October and November where you're going to have the opportunity to clear out probably half of your inventory if you just are aggressively priced. I'm not telling you you have to lose money, guys. I'm telling you aggressively priced. There were dealers that were making a little bit of money on every unit. But every time I walked by, it was five-digit discounts on everything. Everything. 17-foot trailers, 16-foot trailers. There was 45, $50,000 off Keystone, Montana's. What does that tell you? Buyer's market. Now, when I tell you all this stuff, I'm not telling you as because I want you to move inventories so you can carry my stuff, dealers. And I'm telling you as a consumer, because if you're ready, willing, and able, those are the three things we always say in the RV business on this retail side, when I sold them, when I was a manager, when I was a finance manager, everybody has to be ready, willing, and able. If you have somebody able and ready, but not willing, you don't have a deal. You have to have all three, okay? What I'm referring to is people who can afford to do it now, but want to wait until spring because, well, you know, we're not going to really use it. This is who I'm talking to mostly is you. I'm talking to you, the person who's retired, but you got some things going on. Maybe you're going on a cruise. My buddy Doug, I know he's going to Havasu. He goes and has a blast in Havasu. He's a house out there. He's going to be out there most of the time in his boat. But if I told him tomorrow that in the stinking hottest part of Arizona that he could get a boat for 60% off brand new, he's driving out to go get it and go take it to his frickin' place and sweat it out and let it sit in to sit in Havasu until it's ready to be used. Okay. So it's the same thing. Like if you found there were a lot of people that took advantage of these sales and took advantage of these shows, and they show pricing and the show interest rates, Curtis Trailer had some kind of silly thing with a credit union that they got a silly rate. I'm like, how do you guys gang that rate with zero down? And they all look at me and go, We don't know. <laughs> as as Robbie and Kara, we have no clue. And the only thing I could say was, well, it's just basically for the four days we got permission from these certain credit unions to use that rate and term of zero down. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Holy crap. So just be, just be aware of that stuff. You need to be aware of that stuff. That stuff is hyper important. It's extremely, extremely important. if you're ready willing and able don't worry about whether you're going to use it next three months if you got cruises if you got you know holiday plans i know me personally we're not going camping anytime soon oh jeremy's coming in maybe jeremy will come on the podcast a little bit hold on i'm gonna go get jeremy Anyway, folks, so that's the bottom line. Make this episode quick and short and easy. Just don't pass up these deals that dealers are putting out there, especially if you got the money, if you got the ability. Don't wait till spring. And spring prices are going to go up, profits are going to go up, deals are not going to be made. This is the time.